previously on the mortal path just before we crawled out of the big crumbling building you know just after you sort of died remember when, remember when you sort of <laughs> ate a magic stone rock thing oh i'm just i'm just i'm just spitballing here for a second that may have done something oh shit maybe i shouldn't have done that yeah you you think yeah maybe not Um, i'm gonna go dear actually i'm gonna go right now i've got a bad feeling about this and i'm just gonna where are you going where are you going i I get up and walk out. I'm going. I just. I'm not going to be here when Tara, the guards show up. That's what's going to happen. I'm not going to be here when the guards show up. Neri, I think we should take a walk with Taro. Okay. Should it walk? Uh, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll do that then. Yeah. And I scamper out, feeling silly. King Megit, let's run. Jesus Christ. Meredith Burrows? Oh. Oh. Yes. The, uh. The Queen? She wants to see you. Avenue towards the Fanged Court. You are escorted through these two gates, and the Fanged Court is surrounded by the secondary perimeter that is heavily guarded at all times, and you are brought into the palace. The first thing that strikes you is the temperature difference. It is cool in here in a way that it is not in Tembran. And it's this building is kind of squarish and squat, and it's clearly very, very old, and it's clearly been remodeled a bit on the outside. But the inside is very formulaic. It follows set patterns. There's a lot of symmetry going on. And it doesn't really look like how you would imagine a palace would look. It's much more neatly and kind of almost blandly set out. And as you are brought in past the main corridor, you are taken just off to a side room. And the guard who has been with you pulls out a pair of very kind of heavy looking manacles that are clearly for someone your size. And snaps them on either wrist in front of you. Okay. I presume I have not been left alone at any point during this time. As you glance around, there are ten guards around you. <laughs> you said we have this telepathy thing where we can talk to each other. Yes, now, you is do. That audible, or is that just in my head? Telepathy indicates to me that it is just in your head. Okay, cool. I would, once I am still and quiet and, you know, have composed myself to a small degree, going to quickly send a telepathic message to my companions. Uh, A bit like how your mum sends texts. So it's going to be, Hi, chaps. Um, Just thought I'd better let you know. Um, Been arrested. Turns out Tarot was right. They don't like magic here. So I'm at the palace and they're going to take me to see the Queen. So that's exciting, and probably want to lay low. Don't do anything silly to try and rescue me. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Also, Nat, I'm going to tell them that it was the mask, and I probably, like, I can do a bit of smoke with my fingers or something, and, that, and that's all I'm going to do, so don't worry about that. I'll see you as soon as I can. Lots of love, Nerium. Is this a two-way channel, or has she just left a voicemail? It's a two-way I channel. Because I don't listen you... to voicemails. Well, you... <laughs> What was that? Oh, yeah, what was that? <laughs> I just whacked my um, pop filter. Was that was that that was Natalia hanging up yeah. on her brain? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. So, I believe what I said was that it's two way. Yeah, it's but it only lasts a minute. But only lasts that's it. I was like, there's there's definitely some limit on it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a. Thank you for recognising I was right. B, please don't mention the mask. Well, how else do I excuse it? What do I say? How about a scroll, Mary? A scroll? Yeah. What's you... a, what scroll? Where? Uh, it's gone. Because when you said it, it disappeared. Oh. Uh, uh, okay, have we got any more of them? No. No. Okay, okay, right. Just the one. We, we could try telling the truth. Uh, it's, it's cutting out. It's cutting uh, out. Sh- sh- I'm going, I think I'm going sh- in a tunnel. <laughs> 
That makes no sense. I'm standing in a dungeon. <laughs> You're standing in an antechamber. You're not in a dungeon yet. That's been a minute, right? That's been a minute. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Okay, <laughs> so Taro and Nat, you now both know where Narium is. Nat, I think probably at this point you're like in the middle of Tembrin. You've been trying to make your way back to yep. Narium. So you're kind of near the Burnstone Square <gasps> kind of area. Can, can I just picture them both like stopping dead in the middle of the street as a voice comes in their heads that no one else can hear and like doing that tourist thing where you stop in the middle of the street and everybody <laughs> walks into you? Yes, I think so. You, you've done this before, so you, you do know what this is. You did this in The Fallen City. This is absolutely terrible just blanking out mid-conversation for, like, a minute. Yeah, when you when you <laughs> kind of, like, come back and everyone's just kind of, like, nudging each other and going, alien stuff, it's alien stuff, it's alien stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, they're right, yeah, it is. They're right, it is. So, Nerium, you are taken out of this antechamber, manacled, and you are led through these very kind of wide corridors until you get to this room that is bigger than others and has been decorated on the inside with these big hunks of like gem and crystal and it's ornate but it's tacky it's like trying to be really imposing but it is just tacky mm-hmm. there are statues in this room sure that have been made out of crystal and there's definitely <laughs> one of eusebius looking charles atlas yeah definitely exactly um it's tacky it's a bit gaudy and there is this big For the listeners at home i just want to say uh ed did an impersonation of the charles atlas statue I did a bit, yeah. I'm so sad that I missed it because I was looking at my notes. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't great. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, it was. It was good. It was oh, thank good. you. Thank you so much. Okay. I've been working so hard on it. <laughs> so there is in the kind of center towards the back of the room this big crystal throne that's made out of what looks like red amethyst. It's definitely not ruby, but it's been quite nicely carved. And sitting on it is Queen Eusebius. And this close up, she is just bigger than ever. Seven, seven and a half foot, rippling muscle. She still has the two sides strapped on her back and she still has the short sword by her side. And she's kind of sitting in this chair, in this throne with this presence that makes her look 10 feet tall. She is just filling the room. And it's a pretty big room, but she is filling it. You can also hear the song, the music that you've been hearing, much, much louder. Distractingly loud? Like somebody's got, well, not that Narium would know, but like somebody's got a radio on in in the room, maybe just behind this one. It's definitely loud enough that you can hear clearly the words, the voices, everything. And as you take a second to look around, there is another figure standing by the throne. And as they kind of pull their hood back, it is one of the skeletons just staring right at you. I mean, facing me. It doesn't have eyes. Yeah. Cracking. <laughs> That's <laughs> cracking, Gromit. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off. <laughs> okay. The room is also filled with more guards. There are ten kind of standing quite close around you, but there's easily another twenty, maybe even thirty, just in the corners along the sides of the room. And there is also Captain Mayhem, who is clearly flustered, (laughs) has their coat on inside out, like half their hair is escaping this long blonde ponytail, and they are looking at you like, why? 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 Just this pleading, almost (laughs) desperate look of, can't believe you've done this, in their eyes. (laughs) And you are brought forward until you are maybe five, ten foot from the Queen, and this just heavy silence settles over the room. And she doesn't say anything. She just stares down at you. Which I can't see because I am very respectfully staring at my feet. Okay. The silence stretches on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't make that noise in canon. I'm very controlled. Okay. Silence stretches on. <laughs> I, I can't wait for this to be the whole hour of the, of the episode. It's just Nerium and Skeleton standing in silence. I glance sideways at Captain Mayhem. Okay. Captain Mayhem looks vaguely panicked. It's just staring at you. Like, that was not good for audio. It's staring at you with wide <laughs> eyes. That was bad audio. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mouth what at them. Yeah, the second that you mouth what the queen speaks, like clearly waiting for you to make some sort of move first before she does so. <laughs> and she half sits forward and she goes, 
So, you are magic. It's an honour to be in your presence, your majesty. (laughs) And I curtsy real deep. It is. (laughs) (laughs) I curtsy again. (laughs) The fabled re-curtsy. Okay. There's a second or two more of silence before she speaks again. She says, Magic. You can cast magic. I have done, yes. And I believe that's why I was brought here to your magnificent presence, your majesty. Yes. Show it. Cast something. I I don't have any magic things with me. I... We don't have any left, I don't think. We found some in the city, but I used the last one up this morning. Make me a deception check. <gasps> Can't believe no one's going to prison. Two charisma-based classes and one person who has not put much in that at all. <laughs> me, sideways, with a sharp spike. That's Ooh. terrible. Good gravy. Did you, did you have what to did go you get? A, that is literally the lowest Nerium can roll. It's a two. <laughs> and da, 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 da. I have a plus three. Oh, that's not bad. I got a five. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. So. I, I can re-roll like another character. And... <laughs> you say that, and the skeleton, like, puts their hand over their face and goes, Oh, no. And the queen moves so quickly that you cannot see it, and there is one of the sides to your throat, and she is half out of the chair, but she barely has to reach the difference with her scythe to get to your neck. Mm-hmm, and she goes, mm-hmm. Show me. Before she even gets to the end of those two words, I have both hands in the air and I'm doing a little bit of smoke out my fingers. <laughs> Press the digitation. Basically. This is some real good shit. Okay. Yeah. Little bit of smoke out my fingers. I'm like, it's like a party trick. It doesn't really do anything. She pulls back and she sits back down on the throne and she like taps the edge of the scythe against the ground. And as she does so with each like gentle little hit, you can hear almost like a whisper from it. Not loud enough to pick up any words, but just almost like a breath. And the transformation. Show me that one too. I I can't do that one properly. I don't. It was a mistake, really. Deception or persuasion? Your choice. Uh, deception. I, I've done it twice. I know how to do it. Oh, okay, that's better. That's 16. 16? She rolled a natural 16 just there. Fuck! This enemy has a 20-sided dice, so you're going to lose. And honestly, I think they're going to be fine with magic. Just say it. Miriam uh. got arrested. And the only two people she has in this whole planet... Well, no, that's not true. That's Findex Erasure, and I shouldn't do it. Um, (laughs) Have advised her to deny that she has magic. Yeah, fair. Again, before you can almost see it happening, Eusebius has moved. But this time it is not a scythe that is pressed sort of to your throat chest, but her hand as she grabs the front of your dress and just like lifts you off the floor until you are eye level. So you are dangling like four feet from the floor and she looks you in the eye and she says, we can take this to trial or you can answer my questions. And she drops you. Oof. Did she have me more than 10 feet up? No, she's only seven and a half. <laughs> no, falling. Like, that's like a... no falling damage. No falling damage. Like, you could though, right? You could probably get up to ten feet. Oh, she could absolutely like... lift you ten foot. She lifted you to eye level, which is seven, seven and a half. Feet. No, yeah. I mean like she's probably got arm length to ten. Oh foot, yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, she absolutely like, could. If you were standing yeah. on, yeah. Don't worry, she could destroy you. I mean, she could also just throw you, right? Like, yeah, no, Ed, Ed. Hey, has she thought about throwing Marion? <laughs> no, she's not. Halfling tossing in the. <laughs> no. 
It's time for the enemies to throw you now. <laughs> what do you do? You hit the I floor just, with yeah, the thumb? No, I just drop to the floor and go oof and sort of, you know, face down, sort of crouched like a like like somebody just dropped a fucking hamster on the floor and it's going <laughs> in, a, in a frightened little ball. Okay. She stands there, arms crossed, and she waits. I don't do it. You don't do it? No, I, I look up at her frightened and I kind of think about maybe doing some more smoke and then think, man, that's probably not going to help and don't do it. She leans down and she kind of grabs the back of your dress again and like hauls you to your feet. But, you know, you're mm-hmm. still on like tippy toes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she looks you again like dead in the eye. There's not a, like a single inch of give to her. She's just like right there. And she goes, I don't like that you're lying to me but I appreciate that you have the courage to do so. Thank you, your majesty. Ow. No, you just admitted to lying, you fool. She drops you, but you land on your feet this time. It's more of like a let go. Yeah. And she turns and she says, follow me. And she starts to walk out the room to another door behind the throne. I cast one glance back at Captain Mayhem. That's a spell. (laughs) No, 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 it's not. It's really not. Uh, yeah, um, and and I scamper after her. Uh, Is the skeleton coming too? Yep, skeleton is following. Most of the guard is following. Some are definitely in set positions in the room. Mayhem, (gasps) just, they look completely frazzled and they are clutching now, as you can see, a sheet, a couple of sheets of paper that were probably some half-written report on you three that they didn't get to hand in on time before you got brought <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, and you watch yeah. as, two, as two guards kind of like take one of like their shoulders in each hand and like start to lead them out the room but in a different direction you can start hearing mayhem going look come on I didn't I didn't I didn't know they didn't say why would I ask why would I ask that I didn't no you know <laughs> yeah Natalia and Taro, what are y'all doing? I'm hanging with my new my new clique, my new my new <laughs> clan. I want to I want to find out about these these pals I'm hanging out with. Okay. Yeah, that's the urgent issue of the day. Hey, you said it was fine. <laughs> you said don't come said, and don't rescue you. I said don't do anything stupid coming to rescue me. I'm reading it how I see it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So you are hanging out still in the quick brush. Yep. Hi. I'm going to head towards the palace okay um and i'm very specifically using alleys and looking at rooftops and what my plan is is to find a suitable rooftop near the palace mm-hmm. and get up there and hide okay and when i'm maybe half an hour away from the palace okay I'm going to duck into a side street. Okay. Make sure no one's around. Mm-hmm. And go invisible. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Oh. So first things, you go invisible. The second that you go invisible, you hear this very soft music. And it sounds like it's <gasps> coming from far, far, far away and it's kind of muffled and distorted and and kind of whispery almost. It doesn't sound very clear, but there's hints of it that you recognise. And as you get closer to the palace, it gets a little bit stronger, but it's still very muffled, like, like a speaker that's not plugged in correctly. It's difficult to make out exactly what it is that you're hearing. And if Nerium hadn't told you about it last night, it would be really difficult to pick out any melody. Certainly no words at this point. It's just kind of almost whispering, murmuring, chant-like song. But you do manage to get to this kind of block of buildings that look... that This block of buildings on the left side of the old wall that are near the, the fanged court. Make me an acrobatics or athletics check to get up on a roof, though. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here it goes. Okay, that's a 12. A 12. Okay. Do you get advantage because you're invisible? On no. to gravity? 
No, not to climb it. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Gravity doesn't work on things it can't see. Good point, good point. Excellent point. No, but what you're... I'm writing notes, sorry, I'm not concentrating. But what your invisibility does give you is that when you scrabble up a building and kick a bit of stonework off onto the ground, people kind of look up in confusion, the ones that are walking by, but nobody says anything or, or even thinks to look for somebody invisible on a rooftop. You manage to get up there. It's very hot up there because this is now sun-baked stone and it's not it's just right in the sunlight of this desert and it's it's kind of burning hot even to touch but you're up on this this roof there's the palace walls in front of you these walls are easily 10 foot and the rooftop that you're on is mm, probably about the same probably about the same actually you've managed to to climb up is there a rooftop with shelter from the sun yeah Oh, oh! Are they all like flat-topped? Yeah, they're houses? all like yeah, they're all oh, like, okay. yeah, yeah. They're all flat-topped houses. There are a couple that have maybe like a kind of balcony veranda thing, but on top of the roof, but not on those ones near it. Almost deliberately, not on any of the ones near the court. <laughs> you've been seen here, man. You've been you've been sighted, but not. Well, no, because you're like, invisible. But if you plan, weren't invisible, no, plan sighted. Like I'm talking about, like they see you coming. They uh, see you coming, but they don't. They don't see you coming. Yeah, but they they saw you coming. You know. Yeah. If you were visible, you'd uh, be so easily spottable, but because you're invisible, no one knows you're there. But they saw you coming, like but... mentally. They mentally saw you coming with their brains. They saw you coming, man. <laughs> that's, that's an anecdote for the time. Let's um... <laughs> not. Are the gates open? They Well, they, they are, but there's at least six guards standing there. You could try and get over the walls. Hmm. It's your choice. Uh, is there any traffic? Like, is anyone going in there and out of there? You watch for the next sort of five, ten minutes. There are a couple of guard um, squads. Yeah. There are a couple of squads that move in and out from the barrack. Is that right? Is that the right word? Squad? Squadrons? Yes, it yeah, could yeah. be a squad. Yeah. Yeah. Patrol? Whatever. Patrols, yeah. There are... Squad is the correct. Yeah. Good. There are... Club? There are a couple of squads that move from the barracks. Crew? Okay. Thank you. There are a couple of squads that move from the barracks into the palace and vice versa. It looks like guards changing shift and things like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna telepathy Nerium. Okay. Nary, how's it going? I'm dog right now following the queen somewhere. Am I in this group chat? That's too? all right, you can use your mind. I say yes. You were also in the group chat. No, but I, that's what I'm saying in my mind. Up right now, following the queen somewhere. She's very strong and extremely frightening. What was her reaction to magic? Um, she didn't believe me when I said that I couldn't do it. So I did show her a bit of little finger smokes, but that that was all I've. I think she knows I can do more than that, but I haven't told her. I didn't admit it. But do you think she's going to like hurt you or imprison you or anything? Um, she looks like someone who does a lot of hurting people. Mary, I want you to, to concentrate here. Was her reaction to magic mm. bad or good? Ah, mm. uh, hard to read. Um, interested. Definitely very interested. Interested. Yes. Quite possibly in a sort of like dissect them to find out where it is. Oh, okay. I don't want you dead, Matt. I, I'm gonna back away, and I think just go back to the um the tavern that we were originally set up in and just have a drink okay yeah good good decision honestly <laughs> yeah no i'm out <laughs> peace out yeah yeah legit that seems to be the mood for this for this arc it's just like no more bad decisions <laughs> okay so now you head to the cat's cradle visible i guess uh yeah i'll, I'll duck into an alley and then visualize myself and then go out Okay. I'm not okay. going to just appear. As you come as you come out of the invisibility, that sound just drops. You can't hear it anymore at all. Interesting. Interesting. You get a drink at the cat's cradle. Tara, what exactly are you trying are you trying to find out anything in particular from your new group I want to of- know who these people are. They're very exciting to me. They okay. they live in the city. They live lives here. They're aliens. I want to know what they're up to. I want to know what they what makes them tick. I want to know what gets them up in the morning. I don't know okay. what they live for. Well, I didn't have all those notes prepared. Um... <laughs> you don't need notes. Let's just let's just roll with it. We have a city. Where we're going, we don't need notes. Oh, God. That's right. Let's start with with let's start with Rupert Fuck. No, well, no, you haven't What's... earned Rupert Fuck yet. 
Do you want me to say the words? Do you want me to say the line? No, because it doesn't make really? sense yet. So oh, okay. You, you, haven't earned, you haven't earned him yet. So. All right. Um, okay. The group that you... <laughs> you need to grind your XP before you can get to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to grind before you can fuck. <laughs> yeah, damn right. Okay. True word. Right. To be honest, I didn't see, like... You'd be the, this would be the, ca- the <laughs> section of the campaign where we just go into Dragon Ball Z references, but it seems to be that's the way this is going. So it's, that's it. We're there, but we're not there yet because we haven't actually dropped any, well, except for an ambiguous. No, I'm just really excited to. <laughs> I know, I know you are, buddy. I know I've you are. Say, this has been a. This has been. A, I, I I think I've maybe understood one reference so far tonight. <laughs> you guys have made a lot. Sorry, so, I don't get any of the Dragon Ball Z stuff. No, not at <laughs> all. I don't know what that is. It's fine. Eusebius is the only DVZ character we've seen so far, and Eusebius is Super Saiyan 3 Goku. <laughs> That's me. I just it's a letter. <laughs> Dragon Ball said is very good. Um, so, okay, the group that you have fallen in with are clearly people who, as far as you can get to the fringe of a society like this, are clearly like fringe folks in that way. Um, as you spend a bit more time with them. None of them ever, ever say anything that could be construed as rebellious. No one ever makes any, like, down with the queen jokes. There's none of that. But you notice every so often when one of the guard patrols walks in, they kind of share a look and go quiet for a little bit and then, like, start talking again when the guards move by. But they're being quite, not necessarily cautious, but they're certainly not, like letting slip a lot of deeply personal information like that. They are much more interested in you and Arfalan and whatever crazy stories you're telling them rather than them speaking about Tembred, which to them is very boring because it's where they live. Yeah, but you get it right, guys. I do want to know about what you guys get up to because, look, here's the thing, right? You've met one alien today. I've met a whole bunch of aliens, right? Renpa nods and goes, well... Yeah, but, like, you know, we've only met you, and, like, I mean, what do you want to know about Tembran? It's just kind of, you know, I mean, it's great, but... Yeah, what what do you guys do for, like, here? Like, is this your... Are you at work? Is this your day off? Do you work? Do you have jobs? Is that how this works? Technically, we're, we're at the academy, you know, so we're kind of meant to be studying, but it's boring, and... I mean, it's not boring, it's just, you know, there's, you know, it's just kind of like, it's essay season, and, you know, like, just like to hang out here and kind of, you know, do, I uh, I sometimes do part-time at the Blood Sands, but just kind of like the collection of bits and stuff. What about this guy? And at a point of one of the other members of the, of the, of the little group. What does this person look like bearing in mind the, the, the species that are in Tembran, which is lizard folk, cat folk? Elves, humans, dwarves, and halflings. Is a short, like like halfling-sized lizard folk. Short and stocky. Halbane-sized. Halbane-sized. It's Halbane! It's not fucking Halbane. She's not here. Her name is... Rupert? No. (laughs) No, you haven't met Rupert yet. Um, This is Teodora. Teodora. Do you have hobbies? What do you do when you're not... Hanging out here or doing student stuff. Um, Teodora. If one she... of them tells me they read Ruby fanfiction, God, we're pals. Pals are life. <laughs> Tara's never going home. Unless they ship the wrong ship, in which case I'll never speak to them again. <laughs> yeah, this is the most relatable oh, content. I bet the purity wank in Tembran is probably off the scale. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, purity wank sounds like a like an event. It sounds like a like a. <laughs> there's a list somewhere of approved OTPs, and you're not allowed to ship off the main list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Off, off off menu ship shipping. Yeah, it's not, exactly. It's not okay. is punishable by the blood. Yeah, sounds. exactly. Eusebius sets the ships. So that's it. So, um, it's sorry. The shipping forecast. Yeah. Excellent. That's very uh, good. Have I not made that joke on here before? Because I've made that joke a lot. No, but that's it's a good a, it's one. It's a good joke and deserves remaking. <clears throat> okay. Thank you. So Theodora, she kind of like looks around and kind of looks kind of like, why did you pick me out? And then she goes, um, 
I mean, we're all students here. We're all studying. We're kind of studying different things. It's where we all met. Sometimes, you know, the stinking troll can be a lot of fun if if you don't mind it getting a little bit, you know, rough in the guard patrols. And, and you know, that's that's kind of... And she kind of looks lost for a minute and she turns to her friend. She goes, what the fuck do we do for fun? I think we just hang out here, actually. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't think we do nearly enough. You know, like when someone asks you, what's your hobbies? And you think, well, I sleep and I write essays. You guys, are, you guys are like a like a little gang. You could you could get out to some you could get some stuff, couldn't you? We could get out to some real antics. Oh, hang on, hang on. Can I see your university? You guys are students, right? There's always something going on at university. Well, I mean, sure. I don't see why not. I mean, we can't let you into like the Eternal Labyrinth itself because that's you've got to have passes for that. But we can show you some of we can show you the Academy building if you want. Let's go to the dorms. You guys have got dorms, right? Sure. There's, there's some wild old parties at the dorms. I'm sure. <laughs> Let's crash somebody's party. Let's do it. It'll be fun. <laughs> oh my god. There's a second where they kind of look at each other, and then Theodore goes, "Are you telling me that aliens party at like two in the afternoon where you're from?" Oh yeah, it's two in the afternoon. Because I mean that's all right. Uh, that's cool and all, but here's another thing. I don't have any money. <laughs> I'm flat broke. Well, that's a big mood. Yeah, no. Uh, also, I have these clothes that I came from space in, and they're, <laughs> they're sort of fake clothes. It's a very long story, and I'm sure I've told it. Did I tell this one earlier? I think I told this like three times. You no, you very just, keen. no, you kind of told us about this like big dance you went to, but you didn't say that your clothes were fake. Like, Oh, yeah, we had to get fake clothes to go to the big dance. I, I don't really understand why. It seemed pretty contrived at the time. Anyway. <laughs> We. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, all I've got are these. These look. There's this big slit in the side. Why is there a big slit in the side? It's like they didn't finish making it or something. So it's only meant to be seen from one angle or something. I don't know. Anyway, I need some new gear, especially if we're gonna go to a party. They all kind of like share a couple of glances, and then one of them who is a uh, one of them who is an elf who has been introduced to you as. Jiran. That's very close to being a Dragon Ball Z reference. No, Dragon Ball Super reference. Oh, well, it's on my list of names. Jiran kind of stands up and looks around, and he has this very kind of quiet, still nature, and you watch as he kind of makes his way over to some of the big kind of like washing tubs that have been, you know, in use and where some of the clothes have been hung out to dry beside them. Um, And as you are kind of looking, Teodora nudges you and she goes, she goes, well, don't stare. You're going to bring attention to him. Just, you know, keep talking. Act natural. I'm always acting natural. Here, you guys ever played cards? We've played cards in Tembrun, but maybe not alien cards. Oh, okay. And then a moment later, Jiran comes back with a bundle of clothes under his arm that are clearly not his, gives you a look, and then, like, walks out the door. And after a minute, everyone else kind of, like, half stands up and goes, well, you know, if you wanted to see the dorms, we should probably show you, right? Yeah, sounds, sounds good. Let's Let's... Come on, you can show them the rest of the tour. Let's go. Okay. You are led out of the quick brush and towards the university area. Pretty sure you've just witnessed a crime in Tenbrun. Hell yeah. Be gay, do crimes. It's me, Yubi, your DM, here to say, as always, hello and thank you. It's kind of a bit repetitive at this point, but I kind of don't know what else to say because those are my two main points. Hello and also thank you. A huge thank you to everybody who has reviewed us on iTunes. It means so, so much to us. It helps us out so much. iTunes is one of those things with all those little funky algorithms. And the more that you review us and you rate us highly, the more other people will find our show. And we're really grateful for that. So if you have a moment, if you haven't yet reviewed, hop on over to your iDevice of choice and leave us a review. really helps us out and we love to read them. We also love to read all of your tweets and all of your Tumblr posts. They are fantastic. 
And really, you should be following us on both accounts because we try and retweet and reblog all of them. Sometimes we miss them, I think. So don't be afraid to at us with them because we love to see them. We love to see your feedback. We love to see your reactions. We love the amazing fan work. There is so much and it is all incredible. We love every single one of you and it helps us out again so much every time that you recommend us when someone's looking for podcast recommendations, every time that you tweet or make a Tumblr post and somebody sees it and checks us out. It's amazing. We are so grateful and we love you. Thank you. Speaking of love, I'd like to talk to you for a moment about dndice.co.uk. They have a brand new website, which is absolutely wonderful. Functionality, 10 out of 10. Aesthetics, 10 out of 10. Gorgeous dice, they got a million. They are wonderful. Actually, a huge part of my collection, and I have a pretty big collection of dice. I have over 300 dice. Yeah, I'm like Laura Bailey levels of dice in real life. Yeah. Loads of them are dndice.co.uk's dice because they're just so pretty and they come in really lovely tins and they're really vibrant and they roll really well. They're just such a great treat or a gift and the shipping, if you're in the UK, is free and if you are worldwide, it is a flat rate. So you can get really cool dice for a really great price and the shipping also is really, really good. I'd also like to say a huge thank you to Rachel Graff, who wrote our theme tune and who is a friend of the show and has written other music that has appeared in The Mortal Path. Please check out our website. It is rachelgraff.com, but beware. Graff is spelled G-R-A-F-F dot com. There's apparently another website if you just put one F in, which is a different lady. So check out our lady, which is Rachel Graff, double F. Check out her band camp, check out her stuff. She's got really awesome music and I think you'd recognise a track or two. I'd also like to say a huge thank you to Orion and to the transcribers for their amazing work transcribing this podcast. We are so, so grateful. I have worked as a transcriber before. I know how much work goes into it. I am just overwhelmed and blown away by the love that you guys have put into it. We know that you're doing it out of your own time. Thank you so much. We are so grateful and we're just, yeah, it's amazing. Thank you so, so much. Uh, what else? Oh, I'd also like to mention, now I haven't mentioned this before because I felt a little bit kind of like doing it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just do it. I have a Patreon. I don't post anything to do with the mortal path on this Patreon. It is for my own fifth edition content. I do lots of, um, NPCs, magic items, plot hooks. I do original music. I do all sorts of things. It is Uzbad Yubi, which is U-Z-B-A-D-Y-U-B-I. You can find it if you search on Patreon or do patreon.com forward slash Uzbad Yubi, U-Z-B-A-D-Y-U-B-I. If you want to kind of get a hold of like my my other stuff and use it in your games, I would really recommend checking it out. I think it's a pretty cool patron and uh, it's, yeah, so, so check it out and, and see if you want to join. I've also got some free stuff on there. So if you go and you look at it and you keep scrolling, you'll find some like open to the public posts and things like that. Um, what else? Oh, so we are finishing up an indefinite inheritance or we're finishing up the first arc rather. It is not necessarily the end of an indefinite inheritance because we would all miss, let's be honest, ludicrous bulge. But we are going to go into some other one shots and things and we are so looking forward to it. We have recorded a couple of things. We're going to get them out to you. They are fantastic. We had so much fun and it's so great to promote some indie games and to check out some of the smaller games out there that are fantastic. I hope that you're all enjoying Tenbrun and the cliffhanger central that we've got going on here. Things continue to stay weird and wild, as is my brand, apparently. And also, I can't do American accents <laughs> at all. And there is a bit later on where I'm like, I'm going to do an American accent. And then it's just Irish for a long time. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for it. I'm so sorry. Back in the, uh, I'm just, ge- I just want, I'm going <coughs> to kill you at the end of the episode, so I'm trying to, like, stretch it out. Okay, well. get get some content just spin out of Narium before we, you know. No, that's good, because that means I've got the whole, um, until the next session to roll the new exactly. character. You are led out of this main throne room and through a small corridor into a much smaller room. And this one is kind of cluttered with these swords that look 
almost half melted in places their blades are blackened and they're all hung up on the walls and there's a huge array of swords and daggers and all of these different things and there is a podium in the middle of the room which looks almost more like a table or an altar rather than just like a single stand and in the middle is this very strange contraption that's like a box with maybe an ear trumpet in it and that is where the music is coming from and you can hear loud and clear it is coming from that ear trumpet-like spout. Uh-huh. Okay. So like a gramophone. Like a gramophone. Exactly. There's also two cushions on either side of it that are empty. And a display case at the back of the room that seems to have like half of some sort of mechanical contraption that looks like a half sphere with some kind of almost like legs or something sticking out of it. it looks very old a little bit rusted around the edges your senses light up with magic everything in this room is deeply deeply magical and almost like what the melted swords melted as well. swords whatever the the box is the thing in the back of the room and it's almost like a tuning fork sensation because as you kind of get hit by this magical energy, you can feel your own kind of resonating a little bit. Does it feel like it has done previously or does it feel a bit different now? Now it feels a little bit different, but it feels more like it feels more like you're looking at it from the other side of a mirror almost. Interesting. That's an interesting choice of words there, Yubi. Interesting yeah. choice isn't of it? words. Isn't it? Isn't, yeah. it? isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, that's a real interesting choice of words. What are my good friends Skeletor and Queen CV doing? <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, the skeleton has walked into the room, totally, completely, 100%, just a skeleton with a cloak on. A bit bigger than most human skeletons. There is some, I don't know how many skeletons you've seen alive or not. Um, there are some differences in the bone structure that makes it not quite human. <laughs> Don't know if you'd know that by counting ribs or... I would okay, not. Okay, don't know. It's just big skeleton. Looks like a human skeleton, but bigger. And Dr. Little... Nero, not a bonologist here. It's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Hey. <laughs> okay. This is, a, this is a PG-13 podcast. It is not. Like, fuck no, it is. Not. This is child-friendly. <laughs> the skeleton has walked into the room and is kind of just like very occasionally like putting its fingers, like fingertips just on the swords, like almost reverently very kind of gentle Eusebius is staring at you kind of waiting for your reaction and the door is closed behind you and there are no guards in this room it is just you the queen and the skeleton are there windows nope you are in the middle of this building yes checking I look around and say this looks very interesting and I point at the music thing and say is that magic, then? Why do you ask? What makes you think it's magic? Um, I haven't seen one before, and you seem very interested in magic. I am. Good to have a hobby, your majesty. <laughs> <laughs> you should ask her about her hobbies. That's what she gets on doing her spare time. What do you do? What is your game? What do you actually do all day? Is it just sitting in that big crystal chair? <laughs> she lets out a little chuckle at that, and she puts a hand on your back that is pretty much like the size of your entire back, and pushes you forwards towards the gramophone. What is your AO3 account? <laughs> Listen, Ed, that and Reddit account names, we never give those out. So... <laughs> She pushes you up towards the gramophone and then she says to you, cast something on it. Don't destroy it, but cast something on it. I do a little puff of smoke on it. Okay, do you, you cast precipitation on it? Well, towards it, it's a harmless sensory effect. I mean, mm -hmm. it's harmless, so presumably I just go poof and it does smoke. Like, are you putting it like to go like... I'm putting on... it on the tips of my fingers Okay, to so go you poof. Okay. She looks and I at make you. the smoke move towards okay. the thing. It just passes over it and she looks down at you and she goes, cast that on it. And if you cannot cast that on it, then cast something else. I have a lot of patience, but you're trying it. I cast prestidigitation on it. 
Okay. If I can, just to do some smoke on the thing. You make this purple smoke curl out from the rocks, and as you look at it, these glyphs, these letters, flash all the way around the box, over the metal of the gramophone ear trumpet-like thing inside, and for a minute the music stops, and then it starts again, and it's changed ever so slightly. There's like a couple of different voices added to the mix, but it starts repeating again, and Queen Eusebius looks at you with this big smile on her face and she goes <laughs> can you hear that i just did smoke on my life your majesty it was just smoke i didn't make it stop and start i don't know how that happened i only do the smoke stop and start oh the the music music well that's why oh I look over at the skeleton and I say, Just me, then. There was just one other who could hear the music from it, apparently, but no, you're the first. In centuries. Yeah, pretty much centuries. Oh, fuck. Sorry, (laughs) Your Majesty, I apologise. I shouldn't use anything about that. I really sincerely apologise. I won't do it again. She reaches behind the podium and she pulls out this ancient looking book and the pages are kind of crumbling a little bit even as she turns them with this delicacy that just does looks out of place on her and she turns to this page that has words written down and they are the words of the song that you are hearing and she goes is that what you are hearing yes please don't kill me kill you I'm not going to kill you. I have been waiting for someone like you. Mm, Is that better? Do you say that? Uh, no. I think it. Okay. You gotta let me know those sort of things. Just looking completely wide-eyed and uh, very clearly terrified up at her. She puts a hand on your shoulder and again, like, her thumb is kind of almost, like, over where your heart is and her fingers, like, curled right round to your shoulder blades. And she pulls, yeah, and she pulls one of the sides off her back and she lays it on one of the cushions and she goes, cast that again on Tigran. Is Tigran the skeleton? No, I'm <laughs> Cool Eye Crimson. A pleasure to meet you, by the way. Oh, holy shit. Your name's Cool Eye Crimson? Yeah. That's a good name. Thank you. I'm Meredith Burroughs. It's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. A pleasure to meet you too. Eusebius's grip tightens. Wait, wait, who's Tigran? I can't see a Tigran. The scythe. Your, your scythe is called Tigran. I'm so sorry, Your Majesty. Of course, I'll do it at once. Bam. Okay. And I put <laughs> purple smoke, purple smoke on Tigran now. Quick. Okay. Again, the scythe kind of lights up with these glyphs that you cannot read. And you hear this voice and it sounds like sweet and pure and both and both Eusebius and Kulai both kind of almost startle at this voice. And it says, And Sinep moulded the clay and gave the avatar strength and heart and justice. And then goes silent again. And Eusebius's head whips round to Kulai Crimson and she goes, Did you hear that? Did you hear that? And the skeleton just nods once. That wasn't me. Boy, I just howdy. do the smoke. I just do the smoke. She looks down at you and she's again got this big grin on her face. And she says, I know where you've come from. I know what you told Mayhem. I read it in their report they were writing. But I know where you've come from. And it's not Iskra. I know where you are from. Um, do you know why I'm here? Yes. Of course I do. Would, uh, if it's not too much of an imposition, Your Majesty, um, would you mind telling me? (sighs) It's obvious. You arrive here with two others unknown. You have this power that allows you to do these things. And you came here looking for me, of course. I've seen it. I've had the dreams. I know that you are coming. You've been sent by the cloud. Wait, your majesty, you saw us coming? She gives the second smile and this one's kind of cruel. It's got this like little smirk to it. And she said, in a sense, I had premonitions. 
I am blessed. As are you, clearly, to have been sent to me. You're going to help me. I'm sure it would be a privilege to do so. A cloud. The. The cloud. Apologies. Are you from the wandering planet? I mean, your majesty, at this point, you can tell me and I'd probably nod. I am very confused. <laughs> I, I just do the smoke. No, you don't. What else can you do, actually? I just do the smoke. I don't want to take you to trial. I don't want to. I know that if you have been sent by the cloud, as I believe you have been, that we will come to a settlement. But I'd hate to put you through that. Well, I think that's very good that you don't want... Because I've seen the trial and, um, yeah, uh, you're very good at it and everyone else not so much. Um, so I'm glad that the fact I can... That my smoke makes your trumpet do the singing and, and makes Tigran do the talking. <laughs> then that's probably a good thing that I'd be useful for, your majesty, and I curtsy. She takes, like, this slow, deep breath. And you, you've seen people take breaths like this before. And this is the breath of, I'm not going to kill this person here and now. But I really want to. And she just takes this, like, slow, deep breath. And she says, patience. Not my strongest skill. So, you're coming with me. We are going to the Firemouth. That sounds delightful. Is it a volcano? She puts her <laughs> other hand on your other shoulder. I whimper gently. And she smiles again. And she goes, yes, it's dangerous, but I survived. Great. Good. Excellent, Your Majesty. Wonderful. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Your mercy is much appreciated and your patience, I'm sure, will be rewarded. You'll stay at the palace. Yeah, I thought so. I'll have a room set up for you. That's great. Thank you. Your fellow journey people. Are you their leader? I think I can say with some confidence, no, your majesty. Although I should also point out that, and I look her very firmly in the eyes, and I say neither of them can do the smoke. Make me a persuasion check. That is a 19 Ooh. plus 3. Oh, nice. Nice. <sighs> Save your fucking bacon. You did, thank mine. you. Good. <laughs> thank you for bailing us out. There's a flicker of disappointment in her eyes, and she goes, hmm. so they're not magical. Neither of them. They're more the swords and uh, cleverness types, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, collectively, yes, they are swords and cleverness. Yeah, between the two of them, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technically, I mean, between one of them, really, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna have uh, to... and I and I sort of hold my hands out and I kind of you will notice that I do not have swords. You're gonna have to roll me another deception <laughs> check on that. She is like inches from your face. <gasps> no, you're gonna you get us all killed. It's fourteen. It's fourteen. I got an eleven and I had three. She like <sighs> she holds like centimeters from your face. She just stares you dead in the eyes. And she pulls back. Would you like me to send for them? Anything you might wish to tell them? Um, that I'm perfectly safe and that you're having rooms prepared for us. Us? <coughs> us? She raises an eyebrow at that and she goes, Of course. I'll send for both of them then. Oh, were you not going to do both of... Oh, uh, uh, yes. Thank you, Your Majesty. Good. She kind of like looks around the room with this look of brimming joy and excitement and hunger and then she looks back down at you and she goes let's hope they're better liars than you are and walks out the room <laughs> okay luckily they are <laughs> i can't believe we're all gonna get kidnapped <sighs> jesus so, Na uh, natalia you are in Hello. the bar of the cat's cradle you have been served a with drink with no, with Vatsa. Vatsa's here. She has served... That's a surprise. Oh, <laughs> oh very good. Uh, go, go easy on Yubi. They can only hit things in Vatsa. <laughs> That's such a sick burn because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Natalia, mm -hmm. what would you like to do? 
Have I finished reading all those books? Yeah, you were given, what were you given? Biography to the Queen and History of Tembran? Yeah, I think there was a third. There definitely was a third, but I can't remember what it was. Right, in that case, um, let's just say it was two. Okay, sorry, past me. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be a, a, a good, a, a, a good library person and return the books. Okay, our dear friend. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stroll across town. Okay. With my books and okay. get them back in at the library. Okay. Our dear friend, Helical Twain, is at the library. And what the fuck was his voice? It was high American. Um, as you walk in, Helical is standing there and he gives this very bright and cheery wave and he goes, Oh, you're back. That's that's great. Did you finish all of those books that I gave you? I did. They were absolutely fascinating. What was your favorite bit? What did you like the most about it? Oh, I thought the biography of the Queen was simply illuminating isn't she just the most amazing pensmith really it's it's fantastic it's just it's wonderful i i really enjoyed reading it it was just brilliant it's it was incredible and i mean that sincerely <laughs> <laughs> oh well that's lovely Would, are you looking to, to borrow anything else or, or can i help you with anything else uh, i do did i catch your name last time i, I did it was natalia wasn't it it is yeah it's natalia no i th- i think i'm i'm all right oh you mentioned how to, uh, fuck. Wait. No, you didn't mention how to do that. No, that's across uh, the road. Didn't, didn't mention that. <laughs> you mentioned how to get into the other place. The Eternal Labyrinth. Uh, could you tell me, uh, we spoke very briefly about magic last time. What's what's the uh, prevailing thought on magic in the city? Oh, gosh. Well, you know, um, there's um, there's Sten Panch, you know, the wizard who who comes by every so often, um, not been coming by as much as late. I hear, um, yeah, oh, gosh, I, would, I don't want to gossip, but, you know, I, I heard that, um, you know, the queen had some things that, that she wanted him to do, and, and, and um, you know, he's not really part of Timber and he kind of wanders around and so he he he, he declined um and, and left for a while. But he he comes back every so often. But um I mean the Queen of course is is um you know she's blessed by the cloud, which of course you'll you'll have read in, in your book and the oh, one that course, I lent yes. you. Truly amazing. I mean, you know, after I read it I went out and actually there were quite a few people would go out and we'd have a little dig in the area, but never found anything. No. She's um clearly very special. Um So Magic is seen as a blessing. Or is just the queen who is seen as blessed? Is um, Stan Panch seen as uh, blessed by his abilities? Or yeah, I mean Stan Panch kind of, from what I remember and from what I know of him, he he kind of got his from like books and learning. Whereas you know the queen is is literally blessed, you know, by the cloud. Um, but it, so it it is a blessing. But there's not. I don't think there's anyone else. There was one. There was one. You know, there was one of the rebellion leaders um, a little while ago who, um, you know, I started out as American and I'm just full on Irish now. Um, <laughs> well, that's, that's yeah, what's the difference? That's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to remember to not like hit my my word back so hard, but it's difficult to do on, on the R sounds. Um, so there was one rebel leader who was definitely magical. Gosh, what was his name? Let me just check my notes. <laughs> He says, and, he, and, and as he's talking, he kind of leads you into the library proper and he sits you down at one of the reading kind of chair and table areas to have a chat type thing. And he says, there was um, Cordex Phantasmic, who was the leader of, of the rebel forces, um, calling themselves <laughs> the oncoming storm. You know, like, what a silly name, huh? Anyway, um, <laughs> it's really dumb. But uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Um, no, Cortex Phantasmic had had magical abilities, but you know, he was using them for all the wrong reasons. He was, you know, causing um, explosions and destroying the city and trying to, you know, push people, you know, here and there and, and you know, awful rebel stuff, you know, like like that kind of thing. But uh, but Queen Eusebius uh, took care of took care of him in the Blood Sands, of course, part of the trial. Oh, I see. Yeah. And he, he was the only one. So you've had Stan Panch, who's, who learned his his magic from books mm-hmm. and you had queen eusebius and sam panch is kind of an itinerant mage i guess you'd say yeah i i think he's originally f- yeah no i think he's originally from from Talob, or maybe a bit further afield but he, he travels around a lot and queen eusebius has been blessed but isn't necessarily magical herself yeah it's a little bit weird that one because she can she definitely you know i mean you you 
you saw the trial the other night, right? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, so she can she can kind of summon bits of, of the cloud and, you know, she's so strong. And, and when, you know, when she gets riled up in, in trial, she just gets stronger. Um, a real juggernaut. It's amazing. It's, it's really fantastic to watch. But she can't cast, <laughs> she can't cast things necessarily. She can, sometimes you can kind of see maybe when she's in a really tough, heated debate that, you know, a little bit all, all will happen, but it's it seems mostly because, you know, she's blessed by the cloud. And this other chap, Co- Cordex Phantasma. Uh, Cordex Phantasmic. Phantasmic. Oh, Cordex Phantasmic. Hmm. Do you know where... Sorry, he? They? Uh, he. He. Do you know where he got his power from? Gosh, you know, now that I think about it, I think it was it was some sort of innate power type thing definitely not learned in the way that um uh, sten sten well mr panch i can't call him sten um uh, mr panch was was is learned um no it was much more of a kind of innate power of some sort i think i don't really know a lot about it i i'm not magical myself not very few people here are really there's a book i think you can buy that will teach you all about it uh, it's called the Dungeon Master's Guide. You'll no, find it in any good bookstore. And please continue. Sorry, I've had my joke. He said there weren't many magical people. Are, are those charm magic? Are they celebrated? I guess in a way we've not really had any for for a long time. Uh, Cordex didn't really let his powers be known. He was uh, when they realized what he could do, they kind of kept him hidden, uh, you know, in the tunnels underground and and things. And and then you know when he was able to and was a bit more powerful they they would bring him out for for the for the battles and things but we caught him <laughs> sorry did you say tunnels underground yeah it's riddled riddled tembrin's like a there's almost like a like a honeycomb type structure underneath tembrin you get the occasional sinkhole but we've got some very good miners and builders who you know will go under and prop bits up and and things like nothing too important's fallen in a long time but i tell you that rebel activity is not helping at all they opened a huge sinkhole out in the people's square just a couple of weeks ago what that's amazing did you know one of my hobbies um back on iskra was uh spelunking <laughs> Such a good word. <laughs> ah, so that's what you get. Up to. Even better than itinerant. That's a good word. Well, that, I mean, if if you want to, if you want to go exploring the caves, well, you need an armed guard. Um, but you should go and talk to the miners about that. If, if that's the thing you wanted to do, they do the occasional like little guided tour out by the by the by the lake sometimes. But um, that's a bit high clearance to actually get close. You can look over the edge down into it, but you're not allowed down there. The lake. I'm surprised there's a, a lake in such a. Uh, let's say a dry climate. Yeah, it's, um, well, we've got really good irrigation systems down from the mountains from our monsoon season, and we think that some of it must still drain into the lake. We can't figure out, in all honesty, we can't figure out how the water's still there, but, you know, you mustn't drink it. Really don't drink it, though. Um, not Why that not? you'll find any in the city. Well, it just, yeah, upsets. And here, like, Helical's face drops, and you... You have seen people who have seen things, and you see that flash in Helical's eyes for a second, and he goes, yeah, you know, stomach aches, things like that. Like that. Oh, you know. I see. I see. Of course. Yeah. I will avoid it. I, I would. Yeah. It's, um... Hmm? These, uh, these miners, where would I find them? Just out of town. If you go through the Burnstone Square and you head down Tembran Avenue, uh, kind of heading south, you'll, there's all the big old mining buildings outside of town. I see, yes. And do these tunnels pop up in the city? I mean... Is that a better question for a a mining cartographer, say? No, it's just... I mean, you know, you're new here, so you're not really... You don't know everything. And Helical kind of, like, looks around a bit and goes, you know... I mean... yeah, there there are a couple of places. I mean, they're well guarded, and and sometimes you know when when they open a sinkhole, one can appear, and and um, you know, there's the occasional nasty rumor that someone has one in their basement or something like that. But um, you know, I mean, anybody who actually has that, <laughs> they would be caught by the guards immediately, and and you know, um, it's not allowed. You you're not allowed to go down into the oh, tunnels by yourself. Is yeah, 
you know, because there's rebel activity. I understand. Well, thank you. Oh, no, it's a pleasure, you know. Oh, I see. The rebels. Mm, it's dangerous. They tend to hide out. Well, they were hiding in the um in that big city that oh, crashed. How wild is that? Not in any of the history books. I am writing an account of my own at the moment, hopefully to be published. Um, But no, when that big city fell out of the sky, a lot of them decided it was safer because, you know, the, it took the guards a while to get out of there and they would have long periods where they wouldn't be bothered. But um, you're writing an account. Well, of the city falling, you know, just what I saw that day. That is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> I'm hoping it might get put in the Eternal Labyrinth one day. You know, along with the writings of the Scythe, and I mean, it's not nearly as important, but you know. The Scythe, right? Well, oh, well, no, I mean, way back when, um, I'm sure it was in that book I mentioned that, you know, the, the, the Scythes would, would talk when, when you know, the, the cloud was here and, and the gurus are active. Oh, yes. Um, but it hasn't spoken in, oh, over a hundred years now, easily. I mean, it, it is said, I mean, Eusebius has always said that, you know, someone was going to come and, and wake it all up again and, you know, and, and make an end of everything that was going wrong here and, and, and you know, start the, the well, <sighs> you read about the, the wandering planet, right? And, and, and the, uh, the nights, the endless nights? Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of due one, and so, like, Eusebius is, is getting ready for it so that it's going to be just fine this time, this time round. Has anyone, like, come looking for me? Uh, not yet. So, you're writing this account. Do you have any, any coin to spare? Because, sorry, any gems to spare? Because what I think would really take your account to the next level would be an interview with someone who was at the city and who saw its collapse. Oh my... Oh my gosh, it's collapsed? It's... Well, but surely not a rebel, because, you know, we're not... If, you know, if we think anybody's in in, re in rebellious activity, you know, we've got to make a report on that. Uh, wait, who who do you know that was in the city when it... Let's say I have first-hand experience. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. No. Oh my... Is that where you... Oh my gosh. You know, because I heard that, you know, rumours, just rumours that, you know, aliens and, and that you'd come into the city from out that way, but I never thought that you'd come... Did you come with the city? Oh no, 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 nothing like that. We came months after it had landed. Just just a couple, uh, oh, a week or two ago, actually. Oh my gosh. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, oh gosh, I mean, I can take out a loan. I can take out a loan from the gem lender. Absolutely. I... Uh, Yes, I would love to have your account. And as he says that, from what sounds like maybe 40 or 50 foot away, there is this huge explosion. This oh. that shakes the building, bookshelves go flying, part of the wall caves in on the other side. And as you look over, you see this sudden pouring of peoples of, of Tembran who are not in the guard uniforms who are not in the fashion of Tembrin, who are dressed in these kind of uniform-like things of dark blue with these stars embroidered on holding weapons and you hear screams. 